It is WrestleMania week on the Daily Wrestling News Show. Okay, now, from the beginning. This is a special edition of the Daily Wrestling News Show for the week I'm on vacation. We're talking about WrestleMania 4 today. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined by the man who agreed to do a WrestleMania 4 show with me. Mr. John DeCani. John, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. Very good. And you did not have to twist my arm. <laughs> I love WrestleMania 4. Um, and I and I think you and I might be the only two in the world uh, that do so. <laughs> okay, so for today's agenda, we are going to kick things off with a WrestleMania question of the day. We have trivia, which we're putting at the front of the show for this week. And then we are going to do a full breakdown of WrestleMania 4. At the end, we'll decide if it holds up to today's standards. And, uh, John, your WrestleMania question of the day, if you are ready, is what is your earliest WrestleMania memory? So I'm a little older than you, so I do remember WrestleMania 1, certainly not in its entirety. Uh, I remember being very excited for it. I remember, you know, I'm, I, I'm not even sure exactly how I consumed it because I don't remember what the at-home pay-per-view market was like back then. But the, in terms of the actual show, probably my most vivid memory was uh, Andre and Big John Studd and the bag full of cash. That's right. The $5,000 or $10,000 body slam match, right? Fifteen. Fifteen. Oh man, that was a lot of money to put in a bag, you know. <laughs> that same and, uh, little blue and yellow bag that uh, Brutus uh, carried his clippers in. That's right. That's right. And uh, Andre was happy to hand that cash out to all the fans in the in the arena. So this was before his big heel turn. Yes, indeed. Um, WrestleMania one would have been um, closed circuit. I don't even think pay per view existed at the time. No, Did you exactly. go? You think you went to? A movie theater to watch it or do you think you waited till it came out on some sort of vhs or something i i feel like in my my parents had this you know the the family room that you never really go in except special occasions and we had a drawer that pulled out with a bunch of old vhs's like the five pound brick vhs's and i remember having one of those with like i think my handwriting on it wrestlemania so i'm assuming at some point it was broadcast somehow and we taped it in our old uh you know 500 pound uh original first edition vcr <laughs> i love that i love that i have a vhs of wrestlemania one that i'm looking at right now it's off camera to a little bit uh, it's part of the WrestleMania 1 through 13 VHS collection. So I bought it several years later. But um, it, it, WrestleMania 1 is one of those ones that I did uh, pick up at the at the video store when I was very young, which actually this is the same for me. My earliest memory of WrestleMania is WrestleMania 4, which is why we're talking about it today. Um, Corlews was the name of the video store up in Queensbury, New York. My mom worked the night shift, and so she would rent some movies for me, so to kind of make sure she could get some sleep. Um, <laughs> and the video started me down a path. This was a double box tape 
because uh, it was one of the longer WrestleManias at the time. And we rented it. After this, I just went through everything else that the video store had until I got current. And, you know, I've never looked back. I've been a wrestling fan ever since. So, And was born. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So with that, wrestling uh, memories out of the way. We need to do trivia at the front of the show because we're going to talk about the whole show. And by that point, John should be able to answer all the questions. So uh, let's get into trivia. WrestleMania trivia is brought to you by the free Body Slam Brigade newsletter. Each week I compile the week's top wrestling stories and I put them all in a quick to read email that's divided up by wrestling company. Nearly 4,000 people get this free newsletter each week. In addition to the top stories, the newsletter will also keep you up to date on everything we're doing at Minutes to Bell Time, whether that be new books, podcasts, games, something else. It's really the best way to make sure you don't miss a thing. The issue comes out every Friday at 11 a.m. Did I mention it's free? Sign up now at bodyslambrigade.com. Okay. Promotional read out of the way. Your first question, John, where did WWE hold WrestleMania 4? And there are two possible answers here. I will accept either of them, uh, but go go ahead. Where did they hold WrestleMania 4? Okay. Because of the sponsorship, uh, they constantly repeated Trump Plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was actually held at uh, Jim Whelan Boardwalk Hall across the street. Wow. Very good. Very good. Yes, the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino sponsored uh, event. And I I listened to uh, Bruce Pritchard talk about this. They had, um, they basically walked into that convention hall. It was like a barn. They had to rig up the lighting. They had to paint walls. They had to hang banners and seats and stuff. He said it was kind of similar to the Cow Palace. Not that I've been out to San Francisco for that, but um, maybe some listeners have. But uh, kind of amazing effort went into getting that building ready, and then they left everything. So interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been in that building uh, within the last 10 years, and it still has a very old-school feel. It almost feels, the the way the riveted uh, roof looks, it, it has the feeling of like a circus tent. You, you feel like you're half outdoors. Interesting, interesting. Well, I guess uh, this is one of the WrestleManias that took place in New Jersey, so um, the Jersey Faithful crew on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, uh, this should be held tight for them, I would think. Absolutely. Um, okay, question number two. You're one for one. Who read the invocation to begin the World Championship Tournament at WrestleMania 4? Uh, that would be Robin Leach. It is, with champagne wishes and caviar dreams. He was Robin Leach, and he did know why. Okay, it was a 14-man tournament. This is a tough question. How many of those 14 are WWE Hall of Famers? Why don't you name them? I'll count them out. Okay. Uh, Hogan and Andre. Okay. Uh, 
Duggan and DiBiase. Okay. Uh, Steamboat. Okay. Savage. Okay. Uh, Jake. Okay. Marco and Bravo. Morocco in the Hall of Fame. Oh my goodness! All right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna pull this one out of uh, midair and just go with my favorite number nine. Very close. It is ten. Hogan, Andre, Duggan, DiBiase, Morocco, Steamboat, Valentine, Savage, Roberts, and Rude. All righty. Ten. So at least I didn't say how many people in that battle royal were in the in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I didn't want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's another question. It's tangentially related to WrestleMania 4, but I like it. So uh, Jesse the Body Ventura spoke about superstar Billy Graham and said he taught Graham everything he knows. Gorilla Monsoon shot back that superstar Billy Graham won the WWF Championship, but that's something Jesse never did. Ventura would then explain that Graham beat a weak champion, and that was the difference. Uh, time to test the skills of your Wayback Machine. Who did superstar Billy Graham defeat to become WWF champion? Pedro Morales? Uh, it was Bruno San Martino. Oh, April 30th, 1977, <laughs> in the Baltimore Arena. He put his foot feet on the ropes and stole the WWF championship. Wow. <laughs> a weak champion. All right. A weak champion. Yeah. <laughs> Longest reigning champion probably in the history of wrestling. And, and <laughs> I mean, by, by probably he is, and it probably always will be. Yeah. Um, so the show kicked off with a battle royal. Most people remember Bad News Brown hitting the ghetto blaster on Bret Hart and tossing him over the top rope. A real Pearl Harbor job, as Monsoon might say. But who did Hart and Brown cooperate to eliminate before this betrayal took place? Yes, they teamed up to get rid of JYD. Junkyard Dog. JYD. Very good. Okay, three for five. Uh, and the two that you got were kind of tough. So, Or two that you missed were kind of tough. So uh, three for five, you do get the Goldberg Oscar Award. This should be the Undertaker Award. I don't know what I've been thinking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next uh, next, uh, next episode we do on WrestleMania, that will be the Undertaker Award. Okay. Trivia behind us. Let's get into WrestleMania 4. Uh, it was a 14-match card. March 27th, 1988, as mentioned, from the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino, casino or the Atlantic City Conference Hall or whatever, um, Classic commentary team of Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, John, I love this show. Any initial thoughts before we get into it? Uh, yeah, just that I love the show as well. Uh, you know, it's I think it was the first ever wrestling T-shirt I ever saw. Was uh, one of my best buddies uh, went to the show. Uh, we were, you know best friends in grammar school. Uh, he, he wore the shirt constantly to bas uh, baseball practice. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I always wanted to get my hands on that shirt. Never did. And now I have uh, more wrestling T-shirts than I can count. And I still don't have that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got to fire up eBay and see if we can get one of those. <laughs> um, when I fired up this, uh, you know, this on the WWE Network to watch it the other day, the very first thing I noticed, and this is my 2021, early 2021 brain, the crowd and the crowd noise. Yeah. <laughs> it's so amazing to hear. Um, and this was not a particularly hot crowd, but it just was nice to hear the crowd noise. Certainly. Um, the other thing about watching this old show is they had a hard cam and you could clearly see people on all four sides of the ring. It's been a long, long time since we've seen that on a WWE show. Uh, even before the pandemic, they didn't fill in people on the hard cam side, only the side opposite the hard cam that they would shoot. So uh, interesting to see, fun to see a full jam-packed uh, arena, even though it was a smaller one in the previous year, they had 90,000 people. Right. But, um, okay, so it was a, uh, I should note, Donald Trump sat opposite the hard cam for the entire show, and I don't think they ever put a celebrity in perfect view of the camera for the whole show ever again, because he was moderately interested in the show. Yeah. It like that. He was certainly treated like royalty, you know, a couple of shots of him, uh, when, uh, the belt, when the, uh, the, the winged Eagle came down before the final match, it was kind of like brought to him so that he could touch it first. And, you know, yeah. uh, Anna had to make sure to give him a nice, uh, hug and kiss before she entered the ring as the, uh, the, uh, not time, timekeeper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the official letter turner. Uh, <laughs> I think she was referred to on the show as the most famous letter turner in all the world. And I thought to myself, you know, this these days I don't think she turns any letters. I think it's an LED LED screen, and she just goes boop. Jeez. And happened. What other letter turners are there? Yeah, I'd say that's a really really short list. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Uh, if there's more than one, she is by far the most famous. First ballot. Um, Okay, so we said mentioned it's a 14-person uh, tournament. There's an Intercontinental Championship match, a Tag Team Championship match, a 20-man battle royal, Hercules, the mighty Hercules versus the Ultimate Warrior, and a six-man tag team match. We'll get to all of that, but I want to start with this battle royal. Um, Gorilla tells us that the top 14 contenders for the WWF Championship were in the tournament. So I'm not sure who that what that says about these 20 guys. <laughs> but we talked about this in trivia. Bret Hart and Bad News Brown were the final two competitors. As a kid, I was so pissed off at Bad News Brown for throwing out the hitman. Uh, it was a Bret Hart face turn. Bad News got the win, though, in 9 minutes and 48 seconds as I hold up my Bret Hart micro baller for the camera to see. Nice. Were you as emotionally invested as a child in this match as I was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember being furious when Brett went out. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, my not very rebellious uh, young self was more than happy to see him destroy that trophy. Yes. Oh, and destroy it, did he? What a, what a sore loser, Jesse would, would, uh, <laughs> would say. But, uh, okay. The tournament. It all came down to the tournament. Uh, what happened was Hogan and Andre had a big television match. Of course, they, they were coming off WrestleMania three.
biggest wrestling match of all time. And then they had a, a rematch on television, the main event. And Andre, with a crooked referee, somehow got the win. And then DiBiase purchased the title from Andre. But President Jack Tunney would not let that stand, so he vacated the championship and created a 14-person tournament. Now, 14 people, how does that work? Uh, you need at least 16 to make a good single elimination tournament work, so how does 14 work? Well, I have the graphic of the tournament brackets that I'm going to put up right now if you're watching this on video. Uh, Hogan and Andre, they get a bye in the first round because they're former champions. All the rest of these people at the tournament would be uh, new champions if they were if they were to win. So if they get a, a bye in the first round, and they'll meet one of the other four on the left-hand side of the bracket uh, in the semifinals. So, okay. Running down uh, first-round matches. Ted DiBiase defeated Jim Duggan in five minutes, one second, with a little help from... Andre the Giant. Um, I'll run. I'll read through all the opening round matches, and then we'll go back and kind of chat about uh, whatever we want to. The Rock Don Morocco defeated Dino Bravo in four minutes fifty-three seconds by disqualification. Randy Savage dropped the elbow on Butch Reed in four minutes seven seconds to advance, give the assist to Miss Elizabeth. Now WrestleMania three. Uh, I'll bring this up afterwards. Steamboat and Valentine fought each other in the first round. A Steamboat win would put Steamboat up against Savage in the second round, but Valentine reversed the momentum of Steamboat's crossbody, uh, rolled over, hooked the tights, got OW in 9 minutes and 12 seconds. One-man gang took out Bam Bam in the first round. Uh, Bam Bam was counted out in a very weird situation. 2 minutes, 59 seconds. Rick Rude and Jake Roberts wrestled to a 15-minute time limit draw. That was the I timed it. The match was kind of a little bit shy of 15 minutes, but nobody would argue with the match stopping. Uh, the draw meant the one-man gang would wouldn't need to wrestle in the second round. Okay, so John, I said a lot there. Um, here's my graphic for the results of round one. And uh, any of those matches uh, like stick out to you as particularly good or um, interesting? Um, well, as, uh, as I've mentioned previously, perhaps, uh, probably to you and certainly on the EWP, um, I was a huge fan of Jake Roberts mm -hmm. and I remember, I can't say I remember vividly cause it, uh, nothing's vivid back then for me, but I, I certainly remember the, the Jake and rude, uh, storyline and how intense it got and how much yeah. I was into it and, you know, that match, as you said, it was a time limit draw. It didn't quite make it to the time limit. Well, re-watching it, it felt like it went about 35 minutes. Yes. That yeah. was not what, you know, like, you know, in my heart, I was like, oh, you know, this is, you know, probably one of their earlier matches. I can't wait. You know, and I'm just watching it going like, look at all the resting holds. Look at this is just. This would not fly by. I think they may have even gotten a very short before they were able to mute it somehow in post-production. They may have gotten a couple of boring chants during that match. I heard those as well. Yeah. Um, and it was boring. And even as, even as a kid, I remember it being boring. All the other matches on this card, um, I don't believe on the entirety of the card anything went 10 minutes. 
So this one went 15 minutes and it was not an exciting 15 minutes. Like you mentioned, it was rest hold, rest hold, rest hold. Um, I started to mention WrestleMania three highlight of a lot of people's, um, you know, uh, WrestleMania three memories is that Steamboat Savage match. Um, many cling to that as like greatest match of all time. And when these brackets came out, of course, again, I don't remember when these brackets come out, but I'm, you know, as I read about people that were living through this at the time, Steamboat Savage, uh, that looked to be a second round match, a rematch. Um, and Savage got through. Steamboat did not because Valentine uh, got the win over him, nine minutes, 12 seconds, as mentioned. Um, a lot of people felt robbed that they didn't get Steamboat Savage too. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, when you looked at the bracket again, uh, it was almost like, oh my God, how could they even, how could they even set that up for anything before, you know, at least the semifinals? Like, you know, round two, that's almost, you know, inconceivable for that match. And then we didn't even get it. So that was, you know, yeah. I don't remember it, you know, 100% how much I was let down. But as I'm, you know, looking at the, graphic i'm saying to myself like wow that must have really ticked a lot of people off back then yeah and if you read uh news reports from from the event not news reports but you know insider reports people were ticked <laughs> um yeah so we didn't get steamboat savage steamboat wasn't long for the company after that he this was 1988 um march as we've said and steamboat would leave the company and he would go on to have a uh trio of matches with Ric Flair shortly after that many consider to be the, the greatest trio of matches uh, in history. So I guess the wrestling community benefited from Steamboat, you know, exiting the company, but we didn't get Steamboat Savage here. So um, it was more uh, punctuated by being able to carry his son down to ringside. Yes. Yeah. That was a feel good moment, you know, but you, you, you make him out to be such a great baby face. And then he's destroyed by the hammer. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, the other match uh, I mentioned briefly, and, and we shouldn't spend that much time on it because it was only a two minute and 59 second match, but uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Jersey's own, eliminated in the opening round by the one man gang. Now the circumstances of this elimination were very weird and you could tell these finishes, uh, man, I don't know who came up with some of these finishes, but uh, Bam Bam knocked to the outside he he's he's climbing back up on the apron to try to beat the referee's 10 count the one-man gang meets him on the apron and they have an exchange of punches on the apron while the referee is right in bam bam's face he continues the count now by all standards before and after when somebody gets on the apron and you're exchanging uh, fists and stuff uh the count breaks yeah not, here, not in this match in this match bam bam gets counted out and eliminated from the tournament uh, i guess it got Gang through, but an odd choice, nonetheless. An odd choice, and the one-man gang also not long for the company. He would have to become Akeem the African Dream before we got to WrestleMania Five. Um, sorry, spoiler if people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we talked about Rude and uh, Rude and Jake Roberts. Now, uh, Teddy Biasi versus Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Not a memorable affair, but it did set up the the tone of the evening with Andre interfering in all of DiBiase's matches. I have to uh, give a shout out to Mr. Jim Duggan, A, because I have his micro brawler, and B, oh. because I grew up uh, in upstate New York 
And I grew up not far from where Hacksaw grew up and was built from. That's Glens Falls, New York. So uh, as much as as much as you all take pride in Jersey, Hacksaw's my guy. Oh, <laughs> love it. All right. So before we get to the second round of the tournament, there is a Hogan promo. And I don't think it ages particularly well. And I don't really want to comment on it. But I do want to read it. <laughs> yes, and it just and, and just kind of leave it there for people to do with it what they will. But Hogan's talking about saving WWE and the fans and everything in Atlantic City from falling into the ocean. It's an odd metaphor, but go with it. Here's what he said: As Donald Trump holds onto the top of Trump Plaza with his family under the other arm, and as they sink to the bottom of the sea, thank God Donald Trump is a Hulkamaniac. He'll know enough to let go of his materialistic possessions, hang on to the wife and kids, and dog paddle with all his life all the way to safety. But Donald, if something happens where you run out of gas and all the Hulkamaniacs run out of gas, just hang on to the largest back in the world and I'll dog paddle us all to safety. Again, I don't think we need to comment on it, but I do think it's a really interesting uh, promo that doesn't age very well for, uh, for Donald or anybody. Certainly not. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, nowadays uh, we tend to poo poo the idea of a written uh, promo because it's always better when the guys are allowed, guys and girls are allowed to just be themselves and go out there and, you know, have a couple of bullet points and just let it flow. Back in the day, they, they would have done better to reel them in a little bit every now and then. Yeah, yeah, this being the case, for sure. So uh, we're setting up the second round. Okay, so the second round, here's here's the graphic again. Um, you got Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Again, mentioned at the top, they got a buy in the first round, so they didn't have to compete. So Hogan and Andre, they get the first match of the second round. Uh, DiBiase brought in a chair. He hit Hogan. And after that, both Hogan and Andre would use go on to use the chair. Again, it's very weird because Hogan clearly used the chair first and didn't get DQ'd. But eventually, Andre would hit him, Hogan as well. Um, the ref got fed up. He disqualified both men in five minutes and 23 seconds. And your two biggest favorites in the tournament, gone. Hogan would come back, slam Andre, pose to pop the crowd. Gorilla called him the greatest professional athlete in the world. And of course, I found myself wanting to do a double by pose as I was sitting on the couch watching. So, um, John, is Hulk, was Hulk Hogan at the time, in your estimation, the greatest professional athlete in the world? Clearly, I mean, come on. <laughs> Even though Jesse was having none of it. Uh, yes, that's right. Jesse was having none of it. He said, "Well, he's not the champion." Well, there is no champion. Well, there what's will be so, an hour. <laughs> what's he so excited about? He, he He's out of the tournament. <laughs> yes. Um, so that double DQ would automatically put the winner of the DiBiase-Morocco match in the finals. Um, Randy Savage would say Hulk Hogan was not a cheated man. Or Hulk Hogan is a cheated man, not a defeated man. The momentum of the madness multiplied by the momentum of Hulkamania will propel him into the finals. So... <laughs> Okay, 
Second round match, DiBiase, Morocco. DiBiase would lift Morocco up in the air and clothesline him, uh, drape his neck over the top rope. He uh, hung him out to dry, so to speak. He got the pin in 536. That puts DiBiase in the finals because there's no Hogan Andre. Savage would defeat Valentine with a small package inside cradle, whatever the term you'd like to use, six minutes and seven seconds. And as mentioned, the one-man gang did not need to compete in the second round. So here's the result of the second round. DiBiase, as you can see, he makes it all the way to the finals. Now we have set, we're setting up Savage and Gang. Um, anything we didn't touch on in the second round that we need to, John? I know. I think you, you hit on just about everything. Hey, Randy uh, turning the figure four into a small package. Uh, DiBiase with uh, Morocco's neck across the ropes. <laughs> That's pretty much all. So in the semi semifinals, DiBiase gets a pass. Uh, the one-man gang and Savage would end in a disqualification uh, when the gang tried to use a cane from the Slickster, four minutes, 12 seconds. So our finals are set. The table is set for our finals. It's Randy Savage versus Ted DiBiase. We will have a new world champion at the end of the night. Um, DiBiase, two matches. Take Randy four. That's the that's the big theme of the night with uh, the commentary team. They're talking up oh, what an amazing performance by Randy Savage um, and and Miss Elizabeth. By the way, they had matching outfits and a different outfit for each and every match. They had wow. blue, they had black, they had uh, pink, and in the final match they would have white. We'll get to that in a second. Pay per view whites. Um, let's go back and talk about the other matches on the card. Ultimate Warrior making his WrestleMania debut by defeating the Mighty Hercules in four minutes and 37 seconds. John, were you surprised by the finish to this match? Yeah, yeah, just to see uh, no kind of uh, of uh, finishing maneuver, you know, signature finishing maneuver, just pushed off the, uh, the turnbuckle and managed to roll his shoulder during a double pin. Yeah, it's kind of a protection of Hercules, which is, is interesting because they weren't totally bought into... The ultimate warrior yet um it was kind of the german suplex with a weak bridge from hercules i guess there was no bridge uh warrior got his shoulder up that's that a lot of bad finishes on this show actually and the intercontinental championship match was really no different beefcake challenged the hockey talk i mean uh, let me see brutus the barber beefcake challenged the honky tonk man for the intercontinental championship um brute i would win but only because Jimmy Hart knocked out the referee with the megaphone. Um, there was no bell to signify the end of the match, so I can't tell you how long it was. Uh, presumably, it's still going. Um, Jimmy got a haircut, though, John. Certainly did. Yes, he tried to. Uh, he tried to uh, escape. Uh, he made it under the ring, but Brutus followed him under there, pulled him back out, and uh, didn't go for the hedge clippers. He went for the the regular shears, but. Uh, he definitely took a little off the sides and a little off the back. That's right. That's right. When, what was Bird Eyes? Uh, a little off the side, a little off the top. <laughs> oh, was it going to happen to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, not a great night for managers, but Bobby Heenan wrestled on this WrestleMania. He tagged with Islanders to face Coco Beware and the British Bulldogs. The Islanders would slam Heenan onto Coco, beware for the win in 7 minutes, 39 seconds. Davy Boy Smith said Matilda was a certified weasel dog. 
I think the fun thing about this match to remember is uh, Bobby Heenan came out in a dog catcher's outfit or something. Had all these like this really like uh, like Carhartt material, but stronger. And he had all these buckles. You know, he kind of looked like a like he was insane. You know, like a like a, like yeah. a straight jacket. It, it did look a lot like a straight jacket, but yeah, I guess as they went on to uh, explain, it was I guess an attack dog trainer's outfit for protection of the trainer and. You know, Bobby, he, he, like looking like the the kid from a uh, Christmas story who's got too many winter clothes on. He couldn't almost <laughs> put his arms down, uh, and then you know, running away at the end of the match, and uh, Davy Boy taking Matilda up the up the the entryway to chase him. And poor Matilda, Davy at one point picks Matilda up, kind of like sicker on Bobby, and she's just kind of like, you know, probably licking him. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely no malice in that pooch. No, not whatsoever. A lovable, lovable dog. So um, in the final non-tournament match, Demolition, whose middle names we know to be... Pain and Destruction. They would use Mr. Fuji's cane to get the pinfall victory over Strike Force. That's Rick Martel, Tito Santana. Uh, Despite... Demolition becoming or uh, being heels, they got quite the uh, they got cheered. You know, they they were hard to not like. I mean, they had they were the coolest guys there, right? You coincidentally so. got what you I, I guess it, during that time would call the uh, Road Warrior pop. Well, yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, which is uh, convenient since they were uh, considered by many a Road Warrior knockoff. Um, but they were their own thing. They were their own thing. They had really cool music. Yeah, they had little spikes on their stuff. They beat people down. They had face paint. Um, a lot of similarities, but I think they were their own thing. They stood on their own. It brings us to the finals. The finals of the 14-man tournament. We spent all of this time building up to this Savage and DiBiase. The bracket is completely filled out with, except for the winner. And... Uh, all the pomp and circumstance. DiBiase comes down with his entourage, including the big man, Andre the Giant. Savage just has Miss Elizabeth until she runs to the back and retrieves the Hulkster who comes out to an ovation from the crowd. Um, Hogan would get in the ring uh, to kind of combat all the interference. Hogan would get in the ring. He actually hit DiBiase with a chair. Savage would drop the elbow smash for the pin. Randy Savage, the new WWF champion, the Mega Powers are born, and uh, we're off to the races. Randy Savage would hold that belt for a full year until we get around back to the Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino for WrestleMania Five. Um, John, great show in my in my my like opinion. I know it, it's actually a horrible show by most critics' standards, but I love the show. Um, I love the fact that Randy Savage beat four guys on his way. Um, they built him up the entire time. Hogan was taking the summer off to shoot, you know, no holds barred or something. So they needed to have the belt on somebody else. And they did a great job of building up Randy to hold that title. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they kind of low key built him up throughout the show, like you said, but unlike in today's WWE, they didn't knock you over the head with it and make it, to the point where you're like, well, obviously this is the guy who's going to win, you know, which is, it, it was a little bit of uh, pump through every round. Oh, look at what he's done. Look at his path. Uh, you know, it was a nice build 
to uh, a fantastic ending, in my opinion. I have heard people say, um, different columnists, columnists and things, talk about different outcomes that were being planned or whatever. And I've I've read that some people some there was some belief that DiBiase was meant to win this tournament because Savage would be the Intercontinental Championship at the champion at the time, but Honky refused to drop it to him. So Savage got plugged into this and he became the world champion. Is Teddy Ted DiBiase really got the short end of that stick, I think. But uh, you know, one of the one of the many little things that struck me uh, throughout the show. Uh, can you imagine today having a, you know? First of all, it's WrestleMania. Second of all, uh, what I'm about to say leads up to the main event. Uh, could you imagine having a tournament so so much build and you know one of the guys who's clearly one of the favorites, Ted DiBiase, no entrance music. Right. You know, he had no entrance music. Andre had no entrance music. Brutus, Greg the Hammer Valentine, like it, you know, it, it, like you just kind of got away with it back then. It, it wasn't so much part and parcel to the product as it is today, but that was one of the things that really stuck out. And you know, what would have, what would the end of the night have been? You know, we went out with Randy's pomp and circumstance. What would it have been if Bibiasi had won? Yeah, that great point. Great point. I guess. Uh... I guess DiBiase could laugh into the camera, but it's it's funny you mentioned that. I I hadn't I didn't even notice it. I I think I noticed it in the Duggan match, but um, DiBiase has one of those iconic themes in wrestling, and uh, it just hadn't it wasn't born yet. You know, yeah. DiBiase was was new at the time, um, but it, the the night did end in kind of spectacular fashion. Um, you know, Vince McMahon always wanted Hogan posing at the end of every show to send the send the fans home happy. Um, it's not something he's terribly concerned about these days, of course. But I think your point is your point is a good one. Um, when I bring back up the gra- graphic, Andre Andre Hogan in the second round getting both DQ'd that would be the equivalent of having a world title tournament and having Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre face each other in this first match of the second round and both getting knocked out. Um, kind of incredible, and I think there's more depth in the roster today than there was then. Although those those people and are no slouches, but in terms of title contenders, I think there's a little bit more today than there was then. Um, the the question: Does it hold up? Does it hold up? My answer is no. What's yours? You know. It holds up for me. Uh, maybe, you know, like as we discussed, some of the wrestling was a little questionable. A lot of the endings were beyond questionable. But I think if you're of a certain age uh, where you grew up in the WrestleMania era, you can't look back at this and really, you know, you can you can say like, oh, that, that Jake and Rude match was meh. But at the, at the end of the night, you know, I'm still a happy man. So for me, it does. Yeah, well, so there's so there's a few things there, right? Monsoon and Ventura uh, on the, on commentary. I mean, there's nobody in wrestling today that even holds a candle to them. They were so good, and their 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 team that tandem, I think, does hold up. Um, there was almost no matches that went seven minutes. Um, I think there were a total of maybe four out of uh, 15 
14 match card um, that went that long. So by today's standards, a card this size at WrestleMania would go seven, eight hours, I think. Um, the, like you mentioned, the, the finishes were, a lot of the finishes were garbage, um, but I still love it. So no, I don't think it holds up. No, I don't think that it would be um, highly thought of if, it was, if this was you know, broadcast today. But as you mentioned, if you're a fan of a certain age and this was your childhood, you can still go back and watch this event and enjoy it. I do think you had to be a child, though, because if yeah. you were in your 30s when this was on, I think you would feel the same way about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the it's the nostalgia of it for you and me that you know keeps us keeps us emotionally invested in it. Okay, any final thoughts on WrestleMania four? Uh, not necessarily on the broadcast, but just uh, thank you for this being one of your favorites to push me. Uh, to, once again, didn't have to push my arm, but to get me to rewatch it just to make sure that I could be. Uh, you know, fully cognizant of everything that went on and talk about it because that was a, a quite a little three and a half hour treat. It was, it was, yeah, three and a half hours. Um, it was great, longest WrestleMania up to that point. Um, certainly not the longest in history, but um, the longest at that point. So, all right, folks, thanks for thanks for listening, thanks for watching. We're gonna have another one of these uh, WrestleMania specials tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll catch you then.